Welcome to the Highway Church Podcast. We're excited for you to join us today. To find out more about us, visit highway.com.au. Come on, how you going? Now remember, I don't mind if you talk back to me. I'm used to people talking through my messages. I'm a youth pastor, so it's quite convenient. If you just want to talk back to me, this is an open conversation right now. Um, but I am so honored to be preaching on behalf of our senior pastors, Byron and Graham. Welcome if you're new, if you're visiting. If you're family of any of the graduates who are about to graduate tonight, a welcome to you. And uh, we are so excited for what God's doing in our church. Who loved carols last week? Come on. <laughs> in fact, Ka, I don't know if she's, where, is, she, is she here? She's not here. If you see her, give her a big hug. Tell her good job. She led that thing so well, and she has led the team into so many victories at Carol's, and it wouldn't be what it is without Ka and her family, so make sure you thank her during the week. Um, but tonight, I want to talk about manger miracle, the manger miracle. It's not manga, so don't think manga, mate. Yeah, manga miracle. It's manger miracle. Jesus was born in a manger, and that is where we're turning to. So this is a bit of a Christmas message. You know, Christmas, I think, is less than 10 days away now, which is a bit interesting for some of us who haven't started Christmas shopping. Organization may not be my best thing at Christmas time. I usually leave my Christmas shopping until the very last minute, and I'm proud of it every year. <laughs> who love, I, I literally am proud when I get to the shops. I only have like a deadline. I'm like, I'm going to get all of my presents. In fact, they're going to be all awesome. And most of the time, most, I get it right. Sometimes... I don't get it right, but we won't talk about that anyway. I want to talk about the manger miracle because I opened up to Luke chapter 2 during the week and God was speaking to me about his birth. And I think as Christians, we can overlook this passage in the Bible because maybe we haven't read it before, but maybe we've heard about it enough, or maybe we have read it before and we think that's Sunday school stuff. I'm over that thing now. There's nothing that I can really learn from that thing. But I would encourage us. The Word of God is alive and breathing. It is alive today as it was yesterday and in the future. So let's, let's dig into the Word of God tonight and let's ask God to reveal something new in His story of His birth. Can we do that? Can we come on this journey together and say, you know what, God's going to do something. He's going to speak to you, not out of my mouth, but out of His mouth tonight. And the best message He's going to bring to you is the message that He's going to drop into your heart. I'm not even going to say the thing. And you're just going to have a, a revelation of what God did when He was born. And His His alive and His breathing is Word of God. We can't get used to reading this. You see, if we, if we think we're over this story, we're over that story, then we're underestimating God's ability. We're underestimating His divinity. We're underestimating estimating his supernatural ability to act in our life today. And he wants to speak to us today. Amen? Awesome. So turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 2, 1 to 7. And it's only a short message, but I'll be continuing part 2 next AM, in the next Sunday AM services. This is part 1. And I uh, hope you uh, can gain something. I hope this uh, gathers your interest. So it says, In those days, Caesar Augustus, that name we'll be going back to, issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. Everybody say inconvenient. I said everybody say inconvenient. Awesome, thank you. 
And it says, verse four, so Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. Everyone say, inconvenient. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be his, who he was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. Everyone say, inconvenient. While they were there. The time came for the baby to be born. One more time. Everyone say, you got it. And she gave birth to the firstborn son. Uh, she wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. Everyone say, this story is just inconvenience after inconvenience after inconvenience. And I was reading through this, and at the start, they mentioned this name, Augustus Caesar. And I did a little bit of research during the week, and I started to learn a little bit about this man they call Augustus. And Augustus was a man who, who was an emperor of the time while Jesus was born. He was the very reason they went back to Bethlehem, because he wanted to see how many men, how expansive his kingdom had become. And so he gets all the people in the Roman Empire, which really represented the world at that stage. And he says, everyone come together, go back to your hometown and register that you've actually that you're actually still alive, that you're breathing. And so everyone, every man, woman, child, all the families migrated back to their hometowns and they registered there, all because one man said so. The interesting thing about Caesar Augustus is that he ruled with an iron fist. Many people believe that he was the most successful emperor of all time, if not one, uh, the most. He was a great nephew of Julius Caesar. Everyone's familiar with Julius Caesar? I'm assuming maybe from primary school. Remember, he got killed by Brutus and his accomplices. And, and so he became the next in line after Julius Caesar at the age of 19. And so Augustus Caesar was this man who was the real reason while the prophecy of the Savior of the world coming to earth in Bethlehem came to pass, which I thought was pretty cool. And so I'm reading this story and I'm thinking about all of the things that, that happened that were just plain old inconvenient. And I'm so thankful that although one man thought he had all the power, it was actually God, our Father, who was coordinating the business down on earth that although Mary and Joseph were inconvenienced because they had to go back to Bethlehem, they had to have Jesus in the manger, they had to do all of this stuff that they didn't realize they had to do. By the way, Bethlehem was 128 kilometers from Galilee and they had no cars, they had no air conditioning and Joseph had a pregnant wife. I've heard stories about pregnant wives, I'm not going there. Again, I've heard stories, but I could throw people under the bus, but I won't. <laughs> but it was inconvenient that one man made them have to move all the way to Bethlehem, register there, that Jesus just happened to be coming at that stage, that they had to have him in a manger because there was no room at the inn. But my encouragement for you is that sometimes the plan of God doesn't look inconvenient to us. And sometimes the plan of God is plain and simple, inconvenient, in the moment, but it's his divine purpose, it's his divine plan, and it's his divine strategy all along. I look up to Mary and Joseph in this scripture more than I ever have before because they displayed obedience in the inconvenience. 
And that's something that we can learn from tonight. In fact, that's my first point, is that if we're to be people that see the, the manger in the, the miracle in the manger, we need to exercise our obedience in the inconvenience. Our obedience in the inconvenience doesn't seem like the best of options a lot of the time. It doesn't seem like the thing they should have done. I'm sure there were things, I thought, sure it was running through their mind, Joseph's mind, why don't you just stay here? You know what, you're not, it's not even my baby. You can just, we can just split paths here. I've got to go back to Bethlehem anyway. It's not going to work. No, they said, we're going to go together. We're going to register together. We're going to get this thing done together. And they were obedient even to the ruler of the earth, but they were also obedient to God. Everything is not what it seems. You see, it was time, it was their money, it was their resources, but God had something far bigger and greater than even Mary and Joseph could imagine because them traveling in the obedience to God, them traveling to Bethlehem was actually fulfilling the prophecy. You see, we have to be people that carry the miracle through to its formation. And sometimes we neglect the miracle because we're not willing to walk it out to its full formation. Sometimes we go along the way, this isn't working. Mary physically carried Jesus, but we all carry promise. We all carry a prophecy from God. And sometimes we put it down because it gets inconvenient and we place it down by our disobedience in the inconvenience that we find ourselves in. And God is actually saying to us today, if we could be like Mary and Joseph, who although every single time they went to do something, it was inconvenient, it was inconvenient, it was inconvenient. They just said, we will innovate and we will not negate the promise of God. We will innovate, we will turn this manger into the, into the place where we're gonna deliver the baby. It does not matter because we have a promise. We have to be led by our obedience to God, even in the inconvenient times. You see, I like microwave miracles. You like microwave miracles. You like to put in the right prayer, press start, and in 30 seconds, bam, that miracle is before you and you are ready to go. You know, microwave meals, they never taste as good as the meal that's prepared fully. And it's the same thing with God. He will not give us something that's not been prepared fully. And although we want it now, we just need to go through the process because He is cooking up something that we can consume and that we can give Him praise, honour and glory for. You see, sometimes there are moments when we get the microwave miracle. Awesome, celebrate it. But when we don't get the microwave miracle, let's not throw Him out. Let's not say this mustn't be working. God, you're not for me. You must be against me because he is working something from behind the scenes that no man can tell you where to go. No, it, well, the, the reason why they went to Bethlehem was because of this emperor. It would, have been, it would have been easy for them to go, you know what, we're done. You know, this is just hard and we have to go here for the emperor. God, you're obviously not in this for me. We have to go all the way to Bethlehem. But they went and they carried the promise in the inconvenience. They were obedient. We have to be people that carry the miracle through to its formation. Micah 5.12 says, But you, Bethlehem, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me 
one who will be ruler over Israel, who, whose origins are from old, from ancient times. That was, for, that was prophesying Jesus hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years before Mary and Joseph actually went to that manger that day. You see, incon- uh, obedience and inconvenience will lead you to the right place at the right time. They were obedient and they were in the right place. You think about the timing. They were in Bethlehem at the right time. They had been brought to Bethlehem by the king of the time. And they were in the right place for the prophecy to be fulfilled. But not just that, they were at the right time for the prophecy to be fulfilled. God was doing something far bigger here. The story isn't the story here. And in our life, we need to be encouraged. The story isn't the story here. My inconvenience isn't the end here. That my obedience will precede something in this that's gonna bring forth the promises of God. That I am not, I'm not beneath, I am above. I am not the tail, I am the head. I am, a more, I am more than a conqueror through him who loves me. Point number two is for a miracle in the manger, we need people who value the promise over being precious. Value the promise over being precious. This is the most inconvenient part, especially for Mary people. It says, while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. Come on, God. The time came when the baby was to be born while they were there, while there was no room in the inn. I thought God was good. This is Mary's, this is Mary's opportunity to say, God, you know what? This isn't you because this isn't good. I've traveled all the way to Bethlehem. I've, the time has come for me to bear your baby that you gave me, that, that you said was to be the prophesied son of God, and you don't even have room in the inn. You don't have things together, God. In fact, where are you in my life? Guess what? The baby didn't care about the timing. It was coming in that moment. It was the promises of God Do not care about the timing or places that you find yourself in. When His promises come from your faithfulness, they come in full fruition. They come in full power. She wasn't precious. There there wasn't time to be precious. They went to the inn. No, can't go there. Okay, well, where do we go? Do you ever thought like what the options were? There was like old mate's house maybe who was trying to help them or there was maybe a few other spots, but they chose the manger. Man, manger's a mess. God's not in the mess of life, is he? His promises can't be found in the mess. His son can't be found in the mess. He can't be delivered into the world in the mess. Maybe he can Maybe he can. You find yourself in a situation and you look around and you think, this is a mess. My life is a mess. I feel as if I've found myself in a mess. God's not in this place. He's with you. He's moving in you. His promises will be fulfilled through you. 
because you've carried this thing in obedience to him. You've carried this thing through the inconvenient times. And you have, although you are in a manger, although you feel like your life is in the messy places of life, he has something to bring to each and every one of us today. And he is not scared of the mess because in every mess, he brings forth a message. He brings forth a message. See, this was Mary's opportunity to get hurt and offended with God. We can't afford to be precious. Jesus wasn't precious, so why are we? He was not precious. He was not precious. He came into the world in a manger. Scripture says in Luke 9, 57 to 58, a young man comes to him and he says this, as they were walking along the road, a man said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said in verse 58, foxes have dens, birds have nests, but the son of man has no place to lay his head. He wasn't precious because he carried the promise. Can I just challenge us, and I'm challenging myself, next time we feel we have the ability to get hurt or offended or we act out in, to be precious, let's choose his promise. Next time we, we feel I've hard done by here, God, where are you here? Or church, what are you doing here? Let's choose to say, no, I turn to the promises of God. I don't have time to be precious. I don't have time to be consumed with myself because a person who, who's filled with his promise can only point to the Savior, but a person who's precious can only point to themselves. And God can't build a kingdom with precious followers because we might start out strong, but we will not finish strong. So I love the fact that in their place of desperation, they found the divine destination. They, they go to Bethlehem and the baby is being born there. And they go to the manger, inconvenient, but it was the perfect place for the Son of Man to be born because it represented his life, that he came to serve and not be served, that he came as a ransom for many, that he came so that all could receive his love and his mercy and his grace. He was placed in a feeding trough only to be called the bread of life. All of these things that come together, this story is not what it seems. They were there because of a desperate situation and you may find yourself in a desperate situation but hold on to your promise because it can turn into your divine destination. See, Augustus Caesar sat in what he thought of his monopoly of power in the Roman Empire. Unbeknownst to him, something was taking place outside of his control. Unbeknownst to him, he was a key factor in bringing forth the prophecy of God. You see, he was all powerful. They had names for him. And one of the names they would call him would literally mean son of God. I find that ironic. That at a time where 
the emperor ruled and he was known as the son of God, the true son of God was being born into the earth. That at a time where he ruled from the mansion, where he ruled from the palace, that there was something happening in the manger that he couldn't control. That at a time where he called everyone together to be counted so that he could see how many men he had at his disposable, at disposal for war, that there was one who remained uncounted and he would never be counted because he would not come under his authority. See, God was doing something. You see, in the mansion there was a decree, but in the manger lay divinity. In the mansion there was power, but in the manger lay the all-powerful. In the mansion there was riches, but in the manger lay the righteousness of God. From the mansion there was a man who ruled as lowercase g, God, over us. He ruled as God over the people. If you do anything, I will kill you. You'll be gone from this earth. I will smite you. He, he, he led the people as a dictator from the mansion. But from the manger came a man who ruled as God with us. Matthew 1.23, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him, you're gonna help me out here, they will call him Emmanuel. Caesar ruled as God over us. Jesus came to rule as God with us because he is a God who is a part of the journey. He is a God who's not left us nor forsaken us and he never will. He is a God who is here in this moment for each and every one of us. Just as he laid in the manger in the mess of life, he lays in our mess of life and he wants to bring forth something new. But he's asking us a question. Are we willing to be obedient in the inconvenience? Are we willing to give up the precious things that we have in life? Not saying you sell everything, but I'm just saying, are we willing to give up being precious in order to be promise-filled believers in his kingdom? See, from the manger, a miracle was birthed, a prophecy fulfilled, and a revolution begun. Tell me it's crazy, but this was a manger miracle, and this is the Christmas story that we celebrate, that things aren't what they seem, that when God's involved, we may find ourselves in the wrong place at the wrong time to us, but to God, it's the right place, it's the right time, it's the right divine time for Him to act. We can find ourselves in the places and spaces that we never thought possible, that we didn't plan for, but his power's there all the more. I'll leave you with this. Thomas Merton wrote this. Into this world, this demented inn, in which there is absolutely no room for him at all, Christ comes uninvited. I like that. Christ came uninvited. He wasn't invited in. He wasn't even afforded a room. There was no guest room available and yet he came anyway to serve each and every one of us. See, the reason I bring up this message is to say it's too good for us to just know. It's too good for us just to keep to ourselves this Christmas. You see, this is the season for us as the church to own. This is the season for us, the story to own. This is our story of our Savior who brings hope into our world, who finds us in our messy situations in life and says, I can deliver something of my promise into this. Pastor Byron preached an amazing message. I would encourage you to go back and listen to it called I Am Christian. That's a total ripoff from I Am Legend. But the, the fact is it was an amazing, amazing message. You should listen to that this morning. That was challenging me. But I love the fact that He's God with us 
but we just can't keep it that way. He can't be just God with us. It needs to be God with them. God with them. God with them. God with them. God, in every direction of my life, help me to bring your hope and your love this Christmas. This is a season that we only have for a short time. This is a season where people are more likely to come to church than any other time of the year other than Easter. This is a season that we need to raise up and own or someone will own it for us. And this is a season that we need to go, you know what, God, could you impact my heart again? Could you break my heart for my friends, my family who need to hear this message? I'm not saying that, you know, we need to preach to them. I'm just saying we need to bring the light that he's given us. And we need to own this season called Christmas. And we need to see the manger miracle. The miracle we didn't see coming is in our faithfulness to his promise. The miracle we didn't see coming, the miracle the world didn't see coming is in the faithfulness of believers who would say to God, pick me. I'll say yes. I'll let the journey begin. So church, I'll pray tonight. But I want you to remember those words, that it's up to us to pursue the miracle in the manger moment. So everything in our life is not what it seems, not when we carry the promises of God. Let me pray. Dear Lord and Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word tonight. I thank you for your promise. God, I just ask that your peace, your mercy, your grace would wash over us. Lord, for every person in this room who maybe sit in the church for the first time or maybe first time in a long time, God, I just ask that right now, you would just reveal yourself to them. I just believe God's presence is gonna hit some people. And I'm just gonna ask right now, if you maybe you've never been in a church or you've never made a decision for God as such, but I wanna just give you an opportunity to say, you know what, I wanna know more about this God that you're talking about tonight, Dan. Can you just, can you just raise your hand if you are in this place tonight? Is there anyone here? Well, while everyone's eyes are closed, no one's looking around. Is there anyone here that says, you know what, I just want to know more about this God? Yep. Thank you. Anyone else? Fantastic. One more time, because you're worth waiting for. Is there anybody else who needs to make this decision? Just say, hey, I want to know more about this God. We'll talk after the service. Fantastic. Well, dear Lord and Heavenly Father, we give you tonight. God, impact our life. Give us opportunities to invite other people on this journey. And God, let your love shine through us. In your holy name. And everybody said, amen. Well, right now, church, that's awesome. Right now, we have the absolute honor and privilege. And we're about to um, hear from our graduating students, which is going to be absolutely awesome. And so I'm going to invite up to the stage, I'm going to invite... Caleb, yeah, Caleb to the stage, and he's going to talk about a few things, sorry. And, um, but I just encourage us, let's have our miracle in the manger this week. Let's keep our eyes open for those who need to hear the revelation of Jesus, and let's choose him every day. Awesome. Pastor Caleb.